this morning. That Father, let your word speak to us. Let your word come and penetrate every heart. Let us, oh God, joy and jubilate in your world. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the privilege to gather in your name. We thank you, Lord. The Bible says you are the one who makes the heavens your throne and the earth your footstool. The Bible says even before we love you, you love us. He said we love him because he first loved us. How wonderful, how beautiful it is that a man should lay down his life for a friend. Blessed be your name, O God. And Father, we pray that even as we listen to your word, we ask, O God, let the heavens be open. Let there be light this morning. Let us be transformed. Let us be renewed. Let us be revived in the name of Jesus. Lord, I humble myself before you this morning. Use me as a vessel to the glory and honor of your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Why not join those ends together for Jesus? Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Hallelujah. Now there are um, always songs for every season. Uh, when I got the news uh, June the 1st this year that my dad is passed on to be with the Lord, there was only one song that was ringing in my heart, and it was this song, Hallelujah. And I want to believe that everyone seated here in every season of your life, there is always that song, Hallelujah. No wonder the scripture says, he puts a new song in my mouth. And when God does put that song in your heart, make sure you sing it, Hallelujah. And don't sing it alone. Share it with somebody. Amen. Just as I've shared with you this morning. And I pray that the Lord will bless us richly in Jesus' name. Um, I just want to bless God for the opportunity to bring the word of God to you. Um, I know when I came last Sunday, I was like somebody who's been away for a couple of years. Uh, anyway, I went, people were like, oh, welcome back, welcome back. I'm like, wow, God is good. Hallelujah. And I just want to thank Pastor for the privilege to bring uh, God's, God's word. And we often say here that we, uh, we are privileged. It's an it's a honor. And it, it comes with a lot of humility that we are able to share uh, the word of God with this assembly, with this family. And it's my prayer that God will continue to strengthen you, sir. Every leader, every worker, every member of the church in Jesus' name. Um, it's a wonderful month. And... Um, the focus for the month, if you're just joining us for the first time, um, we're looking on the subject of, of growth. Growth. God is so interested in us. He wants his children to grow. Um, I mean, it's not just growth in finances. It's not just growth in health. It's a all-round growth. Hallelujah. And when we look at the nature of God, we look at the person of God, uh, we see that even right from Genesis, God is so much interested in things growing. Hallelujah. He sees darkness and he says, let there be light. Hallelujah. He's always in the business of growing. There's nothing that God touched that doesn't grow. And he wants his children to be the same. Everything that pertains to you, everything that relates to you, whether it's your family, whether it's your career, whether it's your health, he wants it to grow. In other words, God hates things that are stagnant. And that's why the God that we serve, the scripture always describes him as a dynamic God. God that is always moving. Hallelujah. 
And, and thank God Pastor laid the, the foundation last Sunday, and, and I will be continuing from there. And this morning, by the grace of God, we'll be looking at the subject of spiritual growth. Spiritual growth, spiritual growth, hallelujah. And a couple of scriptures we'll be reading, but there, were, there are two, two main anchors that we'll be, we'll be looking uh, into this, uh, this morning. The first one is from um, Hebrews uh, chapter 5, uh, from verse 12 to, to 14. Um, when you read from the, um, the New King James Version, it said, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. The verse 13 said, Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. He said, but solid food is for the martial who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from, from evil. And as I was preparing for this, I couldn't help uh, reading the, the Passion Translation. Probably you know why once I start reading it. Hallelujah. Uh, he said, for you, for you should already be professors. <laughs> that, was, that was what struck me. Hallelujah. You should already be professors uh, instructing others by now. He said, but instead, uh, you need to be taught from the beginning the basics of God's prophetic uh, oracles. You are like children still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food. Verse 13 said, for every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. 14 said, but solid food is for the martial whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters and they have been adequately trained by what they have experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. I mean, that in itself, I mean, as a lecturer, when I read this book, I, I like highlighting a lot. Probably notice, if you can see on your screen, uh, I've tried to just pick out some of those uh, keywords in there. Uh, but the summary of that is, our life as believers, our lives as Christians, we have a starting point. There is, it's like you're watching a movie, there is a starting scene. And, and then the, the, the movie is built up and there is a moral lesson to that, to that story. There is a moral lesson to that, to that movie. And there is a conclusion. And God is saying, I am taking you through this process. But it will be a mistake. It will be an abnormality for you to just stay in scene one. Hallelujah. It will be abnormality for you to just rest on this excitement about salvation, this excitement about, oh, Jesus has died for me, so I'm just going to rest on my loins and just let life happen. No. There is a part for us to do. And in that part, we have to go through life. And in going through life, things are going to happen to us. There are going to be lots of exciting moments in this, in this journey of life, in this process of life. And in addition to that, there are going to be moments in our life where there will be pain. But whether it is good season or bad season, God is saying that it's all part of this molding process. Hallelujah. It's all part of the plan. We'd rather watch a movie that is all exciting, fantastic, 
But in reality, as far as the Christian journey is concerned, is a complete package. And as you look at the last concluding verse in that, in that chapter, he's talking about things like, you've been pierced. You haven't to be adequately trained. You haven't to experience this. You know, for someone who is an athlete preparing for sprints, the amount of preparation, the amount of training is different from somebody who is planning and preparing for a long distance race. Hallelujah. The person, for example, who's in boat, who wants to um, um, participate in the Olympics for a sprint, for example, whether it is just uh, a basic two-meter race, four-meter race, or thereabout, they just focus on speed. But for somebody who wants to go on a long distance race, it's not about speed. It's about stamina. Hallelujah. It's about endurance. And in this race, it's not about trying to time life. It's about your time in life. Hallelujah. For those in the stock market who say it's not about timing the market to say, okay, when is a good season that I will be a good Christian? No. It's about staying in the race. And in staying in the race, we have to develop endurance. We have to develop character. We have to, to, to build our life. And there's an objective to that, to become that perfect man or woman in the image of Christ. Hallelujah. And God is saying, milk is good. For children, it's good. There's a level you get to and you get pampered. You receive every word or you receive all the encouragement. Even before the headache comes, there's somebody checking up on you, sending you text message. But that is a level. But there's a level you get to where even while you are feeling headache, you have to text somebody who is feeling headache and say, it is well with you. Hallelujah. Again, that is a level. And God is saying, we shouldn't just rest on one level of just wanting milk. There is another level of growth where we have to focus on solid food. You know, for kids, a milk has everything it needs or they need to grow. But as a mature, imagine at my age, if somebody come and give me baby milk and say, that is your breakfast. That's an abnormality. Hallelujah. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. But what is the story so far? How did we get here? Because if we don't know where we are coming from, it's difficult to appreciate where we are going. Hallelujah. And as a matter of fact, when we talk about spiritual growth, most times, it's not because we don't know where we are coming from. I mean, we know the past. We know that Jesus has died. He died uh, 2,000 plus years ago. So we know that. And we also roughly know where we are going. We are sure about the future. In other words, Jesus died, he has saved us, and he has redeemed us to be part, to make heaven. So we know something about the future. The problem with spiritual growth then is what happened between what happened yesterday about we being saved and waiting for that future when Jesus come and take everyone to glory. Should we be sitting still? Should we be running? Should we be jogging? So the story so far, and there is a powerful scripture I saw in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, Verse, verse 14, and a couple of translations here. It says, for by one offering, talking about Jesus, he has perfected forever and completely cleansed those who are being sanctified. 
In other words, bringing each believer, you and I, to spiritual completion and maturity. The message translation says, by that single offering, he did everything that needed to be done for everyone who takes part in this purifying process. I mean, that is an exciting news. That Jesus doesn't have to, will not have to come and die again. He has perfected everything. So where we are coming from in terms of our story is a matter that Jesus has paid the utmost price on the cross of Calvary. Jesus has done everything that needed to be done. Every bill that needed to be paid, Jesus has paid it. Every empowerment, everything that you and I need to be, to fulfill destiny, to be that perfect man, to be that complete woman. Jesus has paid the price and he has given us that empowerment to step in. Of course, it's not going to be something that is automatic and that is why the message translation said it's a process. But everything that we need to engage in this process, Jesus has already done. Hallelujah. And this is even emphasized in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 to 4 where the Bible says his divine power has given to us all things not just some things, everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us a silly great and precious promises that through this you and I may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Hallelujah. And the first point about our story is that God has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. God has endowed you and I with everything that is required to fulfill life. Everything that is required for us to grow. You know, I say, at times it's like, oh, I wish another boss can be ticked. Then I will engage in this process of growth. But God is saying, everything that you need to start this journey, I have given to you. It is not on you to A, understand what you have, understand your story, and then to engage in it. Be fervent in engaging with this process, in receiving what God has given to you, and start living your life in accordance. In other words, let the reflection, everything that comes out of your life, reflect where you are coming from. And I often say that we shouldn't live our life in a way that gives Jesus the impression that he has to come and die again. Hallelujah. Because one ultimate prize, one premium prize has been paid by Jesus on the cross. And he has given us all these promises, all these resources, all these strength, all these beautiful things. And he's beckoning on you and I. Engage in this process. Start growing and start enjoying everything that I've laid the foundation for. Everything that I've wrestled with the devil to win on your behalf. Start living your life in accordance with that. That is our story. But of course, there is a problem. The problem of identity. Hallelujah. You know, traveling um, this month, I realized that, I mean, preparing for this trip, I brought out my wallet. I was like, okay, which card is going with me to Nigeria? Which card is not? And there were lots of cards. Oh my God, there were lots of cards. We have lots of cards. 
Some are bank cards, you have your international passport, you have your visa, you have your driver's license. And then I realized I have an international, um, a, a Nigerian um, a national ID card, for example. Lots of cards. And I was reading an article recently and it said, in the US, every year, approximately $107 billion is lost to identity theft. In the, U in the UK, it's almost the same. But why do people engage in trying to steal the identity of somebody? On the, on the one hand are people who are committing this crime that feels that what they are, who they are, what they have is not enough. I'm going to impersonate somebody. Hallelujah. And on the flip side, the people whose identity is being stolen, it always takes time to get over that you being you, somebody is impersonating you. And as a matter of fact, this is the oldest trick in the Bible that the devil, the oldest trick of the devil, the oldest trick in the book that the devil always adopts. John 10, 10 said, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that is all the devil needs. If you say you are wrestling with the devil, all the devil has to do is to make you doubt who you are. Identity. It's to, it's to make you believe that you are not good enough. It's to make you believe that you are not inadequate enough. It's to make you believe that if only Jesus can come and die a second time, then you'll be a more perfect person. Hallelujah. It's to make you believe that if only you were born in a different continent, in a different country, to a different family, if only you were part of a different church, if only you were part of a different organization, then you'll be a better person. Hallelujah. If only you are, you were born in the family of the Kardashians, yeah, then you'll be a more better person. You'll be more productive. The devil makes us question our identity. You know, that was the same temptation that he posed to Jesus. If you are the son of God. Hallelujah. If you are you, if you are your name, if you are your family name, then do that. It is a trick of the devil. But the truth is, if you know where you are coming from, if you know your story so far, that God has given us everything that we need, that we are made in the image and, 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 and the, the manifold, the emblem and presence of God, the, the, the manifest completeness of God, that you can't doubt any part of you, whether it's your hair, your finger, because you are unique. Hallelujah. I mean, it will be, I don't want to use the word abnormal, it would be unthinkable for somebody to even tell me to be like Pastor Jeff. Hallelujah. I am me. I am unique. And the truth is, even when you look at people who steal identity, people who try to imitate somebody else, the best you can be of somebody else is a duplicate. There is only one original. Somebody want to be me. The best you can be. You, you, you can try. Try to talk like me. Try to behave like me. But you can't be me. Because we are so unique. Hallelujah. So the point here is. Believe in who you are. Believe in what God has given to you. Don't just believe. Accept who you are. Engage in who you are. Most times. Energy is lost. In trying to be somebody else. Most times. Efficiency, productivity is depleted just because most times people live majority of their life hoping that they can be somebody else. I wish you have this perfect image in your head. 
And in doing that, we deny the process. And I can hear God saying this morning, I have given you this identity that is unique to you. And this identity is essential to your growth, to my growth. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 be said, the old is gone. The new has begun. It didn't say the new is stamped. No, it has already just started. It has only just started. The new, the new you, the new level. Hallelujah. If you thought there was a new you yesterday, God is saying every day there is something new about you. Hallelujah. That is why it is difficult for somebody to understand you. They say, I don't understand you. It's normal. Because every day, God is doing something new. And it takes those who are engaged in the spirit, in the frequency of God, to understand what God is doing. And the point here in knowing who we are in terms of our identity, know who you are. Be confident about who you are. Know how God has changed you. How you've been transformed. And most importantly, know the purposes that God now has for you. God has a purpose for your life. You know, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, a very powerful scripture. Um, it said, we are God's handiwork. We are God's workmanship. Whom he has redeemed, he has created for what? For good works. We are made for good works. Everything about us is for good works. Hallelujah. Our smile is for good works. The way we talk is for good works. Everything about us is for good works. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And I can hear in my spirit, like a clarion cry, like a town crier standing right there in the, in, in the, in the, in the village center or in the town square. I can hear heaven crying this morning to somebody, perhaps you are watching us online, that God is not finished with you yet. If you think you've seen it all, God has only just started. Hallelujah. He has not finished with you yet. Like a clay in the hands of the porter. He's making something new. It may look rough in this, in this prony process. It may look undescribable. But God is doing something wonderful in you. You may have experienced so many failures. It might be that you have to do a lot of carryovers. It might look as if there are more challenges than victories. But God is not finished with you yet. He's doing something good in your life. He's, he's making a, a, a powerful meal out of these ingredients that you can see. You may not know it. You may not know how. But God is working to make you a better you. To bring a better you out of this process. You know, Paul was saying in Philippians 3 verse 12, he said, I admit I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm not there yet. But I will continue to run with passion. I will continue to grow. Hallelujah. I may not be the perfect product yet. That doesn't matter. But every day, every second, I will ensure to take meaningful progressive steps in growing in the Lord. Hallelujah. In accepting who I am. To grow. To nurture. But I will run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach a purpose for which Christ laid hold of me to make me his own every day. And God is saying, brother, sister, don't push that pause button here. Don't match that break yet. You know, uh, when I went to Nigeria, there were lots of things that I was reflecting on. And one of those was going through my former secondary school, uh, what you call college in, in the UK. 
And I remember when we were going out of um, college then, there was a send-off. And driving past a couple of weeks ago, the theme of that <laughs> send-off, it just came back like a flash. And the theme was, after now, what next? And I think as believers, that's what we should always be asking ourselves. Hallelujah. Every victory. And God is saying, we've only just started. But I want you to engage in this process. And may the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Perhaps we're then asking ourselves, what is the end goal of spiritual growth? Why does God want us to grow? The answer is simple from the scriptures we've read so far. That we all will come to the fullness of Christ. That everything we do, every aspect of our life, will reflect Jesus. The word of God said, they saw the way these people were behaving and they said, no, 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 these people, they've been, they've been with Jesus. We will call them Christians. And that is the whole essence. That is why God wants you and I to grow. Ephesians 4, 13 to 14 said, he said, till you and I come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to a perfect woman, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that you and I should no longer be children. Remember the scripture we read before? No longer be children. Tossed to and fro, carried with every wind of doctrine. Oh, are you in? Are you out? Um, are you, are you growing or not? Oh, am I a Christian, not a Christian? Oh, my identity is, is X, Y, or, or, or BZ. No, no longer carried away. Oh, there is something on social media. Oh, I'm going to get depressed. Oh, they, they didn't say something about me. Oh, this church, I came in this morning and they didn't smile. I'm leaving the church. No longer tossed to and fro with the winds of doctrine. No longer behaving like children. But now, carried about with every wind of doctrine, the trickery of men, the craftiness of people, no longer in that, in that mindset, but in the fullness of God, grown, matured, equipped, standing firm in the things of God, carrying this banner of the kingdom that I know who I am, I know where I'm coming from. So when I sing, I don't sing because somebody is imposing me to sing or somebody is employing me to sing. I sing from a place of understanding. When I dance, I dance from a place of understanding. When I stand firm, I stand firm in the place of understanding. Why? Because God has paid the utmost price and he has given me this personality, this identity, which is unique to me. Hallelujah. For us to grow in Christ, we just have to go deeper in Christ. No more. Enjoying more, like a relationship. And there's a powerful scripture in Jeremiah 29 verse 13. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Search for God. Go for divine encounter. Search for God. Knowing more. Because like two lovers in a relationship, there's so much that God wants to tell you. There's so much he wants to whisper to you. Hallelujah. There's so much stories God wants to tell you. And God is saying, search for me. Draw near to me. And you know, most times, there's something about growth as I was preparing for this. People will say, oh, I'm trying my best to grow. I've been doing this and that. But the more I do it, it's as if I'm not good enough. It's as if everything that I'm doing, I looks imperfect. When you get to that level, it's evident that you are growing. Hallelujah. When you get to that level where you see your imperfections, it's evident that you are growing. 
When you get to that level where you look as if the more you are going in God, the more you see your imperfection, the more you see how sinful you are. That is the essence of growth. Because growth will open up your imperfections and reveal the perfection of God. Hallelujah. The more we see our imperfection, the more we are inclined to be closer to God. Because why? God is perfect. The nearer we draw to God, the more we see the perfection of God. And the more we see our imperfections. And the more we realize that we need more of God to be able to come to this completeness. Problem we arise or we become consigned when we are swallowing sin or swimming in sin, but there is no guilt in our hearts. When the heart starts pricking you that there is more that needs to be done in terms of righteous living, there is more that needs to be done in terms of loving, it's evident that you are growing. Because the more we grow, the more there is a need for us to grow. Hallelujah. And I saw this quote which is, which is so powerful. That our greatest fear should not be the fear of failure. But it should be the fear of succeeding at things in life that doesn't really matter. Ever imagine running a long distance race and you get to the end and somebody tells you you've run the wrong race. Hence there is no prize. Our greatest concern should be for us being busy doing things that doesn't really matter in life. Our greatest concern we have people who succeeded in the wrong thing. We have people who succeeded, who are busy running the wrong race, who are busy engaging in the wrong battle. There are so many battles in life, but your battle is unique to you. My battle is unique to me. We shouldn't succeed in the things that does not matter. There are things that matter in life, and there are things which are things that are pertains to the kingdom. And God wants us to grow in those areas. Hallelujah. As I begin to conclude, which areas is God asking us this morning to grow spiritually? There are areas. And Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8 gives us these pillars. He said, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, which is another word for goodness, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, which is another word for endurance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Oh, I love the verse 8. It said, the more you grow like this, the more productive. See the word there? Productive. The more useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is the foundational bedrock of our life. Hallelujah. Faith. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, anyone that comes to God must believe that he's a rewarder of those who didn't seek him. Faith. We must believe that God is our maker. God is the pillar that holds our life together. You know, someone once said that faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is doing the leading. That is faith. We may not know how we are being led, but faith is putting that anchor that even though it may not look like it, but because God said it, I will believe it because over time, God will make it happen. Faith is putting that solid confidence in God and in his word. That is the foundation. We, our foundation has to be right. Don't build in the wrong foundation. 
The foundation of our Christian faith is faith. That absolute reliance in God and what he has said concerning our life. And Peter is saying, on this foundation are these seven things. One, goodness. What is goodness? Moral excellence. And when we hear the word moral excellence, everybody like, oh my God, moral excellence, oh my God, oh my God, what does that mean? Like, no one can be perfect. We are not perfect. But God wants us to walk towards perfection. But in practical terms, goodness in our day-to-day living basically means everything that we do should make Jesus shine forth. Everything that we do, everything that we do, even in your place of work, whether in your studies, as you study, as you engage in your duties, even in your family, do what you do. And people see it and say, ah, this can only be Jesus. Let it shine Jesus. Let it reflect Jesus. Let it glorify Jesus. He said, add to your faith knowledge. This knowledge is not head knowledge. This is fit knowledge. Hallelujah. Practical knowledge. You know, people, there are people who say, well, I know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But what part of that Bible have you applied? It's practical knowledge. And before you, you, you get me wrong, I say, ah, is this like a study 101? You know, some people will say, this year my target is to pursue goodness or my target is to pursue knowledge. Um, no. Think of this like, you know, um, Nancy, she, she cooks a lot and at times she brings this fantastic meal and the engineer in me will like, what's in this thing? And she starts going this list. Oh, there's streams, there's meats, there is that, there is that. Oh, like all these cancer, all these numerous ingredients in one meal. And God is saying, pick these vashos, put them in a blender like a juice. And when you blend it, you bring out something nutritious. In other words, even as I'm talking, there should be an element of goodness, an element of knowledge, an element of self-control. It's all in there. It works all in there. Built on this foundation of love. Practical. Little wonder we have believers who are like, oh, we know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but there's no self-control. Believers who can speak in tongues, but yet, it's not from the place of knowledge. But Peter is saying, let's grow by adding practical knowledge. You know, someone once said that the problem is the things that we don't, we don't know. No, it's not that, that's not the problem. What are we doing with the things that we know? Hallelujah. And God is saying, I want you to keep growing. This is not a season to be making excuses. I don't know enough, so I'm not going to grow. No. The little that you know, grow in that. Never stop growing. And then he said, add to that self-control. What is self-control? Your ability not to give in. Give in to what? Give in to temptation. Give in to sin. Hallelujah. That strength, that capacity, build that capacity not to give in into little temptations and little sins. Joseph said, how can I do this thing and sin against God? Your ability not to give in to the deception of the devil. Your ability not to give in to corruption. Your ability not to give in to dubious means. Your ability not to give in even to the suggestions that are not in line with the word of God. Not giving in. And the next one is close to that. Endurance. Not giving up. Hallelujah. Not giving up. So many of us, we give up too easily. Oh, because there is this little sickness, I'm going to give up. Of course, I'm not undermining if you're going through any health challenges. But no matter the season of your life, 
Don't give up. Stand firm. Hold on the promise of the word of God. Don't give up. Don't give up because, oh, you, you, you've made that application and for some reason it's taking time. It may be delayed, it's not denied. As God said it, he will do it. And God is saying for us to grow, we should build that capacity not to give up. And you know, most times, people who give in to little temptations, over time, they are the same people who gives up. People who give in to those secret sins, oh, nobody's seen me. Over time, they give up. But God is saying, no matter where you are, don't give up. Stand firm in the promises of God. He said, add to that godliness. What is godliness? To worship well. Let God be at the center of everything that you do. I may not know how to sing, but I will worship well. I may not be a songwriter, but I will worship well. I will sing. There may not be food on the table, but I will glorify God. Not for what he will do, but for just who he is. Hallelujah. For who he is. My life will be that life of worship, of appreciation to God. He said, add to that kindness, that brotherly love, that brotherly affection, that filial. Everyone you see, give, let, let them receive kindness from you. Why? Because of what God has done for you. Out of the abundance of what God has done for us, we are able to express this, to love people, to, to offer kindness to everyone around us, whether it's, it's at the place of work, whether it's in our family, wherever we find ourselves. And he finally said, grow in love, grow in God's love, the agape kind of love. Love to everyone, everywhere. Whereas kindness is love to brothers and sisters in your family, uh, brothers and sisters in the Christian fold, but even love to everyone. You may not have anything, there may not be anything you receive in return, but because this is God's instruction. Grow. You know, in my, in my diary, I, I have, um, I have this little mantra there, just, just talking about endurance. And, and I was reading it uh, last night. Win or learn, but never lose. Just keep winning, keep learning. Whatever you do, do it better. Keep growing. And as we do, the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. I'm just conscious of our time, but there's probably one more or two slides to go. I, I have here three habits that we should formulate for spiritual growth. The first one is for us to keep our eyes on the vision. Hebrew, uh, Abacus 2 verse 2 said, The Lord answered and said to me, Write a vision, make it plain on the table, that they may run with it, that, that reads it. The thing, I talk to a lot of young people a lot and I always encourage them, have a personal diary. Hallelujah. Have a personal diary. Why are you doing what you are doing? What is the why in what you are doing? Why are you doing what you are doing? Why are you in church today? Have that clear vision. Because when the vision is clear, nothing can come to dilute that purpose, that vision. Nothing. When it is clear, then you are firm. Nothing will, will come to sway you away. Write it. Let it be plain on the table. Why am I a believer? Why do I have to grow? Let it be clear. Let the vision be clear. That even if somebody tap you up in the middle of the night, you are fully aware and you fully know why you do what you do. And it's the same thing with the bad or even the, the, the negative things that happens to us. Why do we do the things that we do? Habits for spiritual growth. Relearn how to listen. This one is powerful. Time we fail us to explore this. But I can hear God saying that we may have to learn how to unlearn some of those 
old notions, old information, old brainwashing, so that we can relearn how to listen. If we put 50 prayer points up there, people will pray. But that is just one direction of communicating with God. God wants you to formulate the habit of listening. There is a word of God for every season. At times it comes through the pastor, it comes through spiritual leaders, but most times it comes to you personally. You have to have God's word for every season. It is unique to you. It's like a a special letter that is addressed to you. When you wake up in the morning, formulate the habit of listening. When you start growing gradually, perhaps the first time you, you put your ears down to listen, there may not be any words. But over time, God is saying, grow in your, in your habit of always hearing from me. Isaiah 50 verse 4 said, The Lord has given me the tongue of the land, that I should know how to speak a word in season to whoever that is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the land. The Lord has a word for you. A word that is unique to you. And as you grow in your spiritual life, learn how to listen to the word of God. Learn how to listen to the voice of God. There is a voice. It may not be that loud, big voice that said, my daughter, my son. There is that tiny voice. And if you're asking, how can I identify the voice of God? The voice of God, the word, the voice of God or the information that you receive from God, it will align with scripture. That is a litmus test. God's word will bring peace. God's word will not bring fear. God's word will not bring anxiety. It will bring peace. God's word will bring instruction. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And very finally, eat the word. You know, God told Ezekiel, he said, eat the word. Study the word. Paul said to Timothy, he said, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, but always dividing the word of truth. In your spiritual growth, as we grow to become this full-grown man and woman, moving from childhood to adulthood, God wants us to formulate the habit of studying the word of God, of igniting ourselves, grinding ourselves in the word of God. Uh, Hebrews 4 verse 12 said, For the word of God is quick and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged word, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joints and the marrow, and is a designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You know, for those of us that drive a car, we have our review mirror. And the whole essence of that is that so that we can look forward. Hallelujah. When you drive a car, there are blind spots. But when you have the word of God with you, the word of God is able to reveal and unveil every blind spot in your life and gives you the clear direction. He said the word of God is living. The word of God is like a seed. A seed. Resident in that seed is a mighty tree. Resident in that seed are these wonderful promises. The more you plant this seed in your heart, this seed begins to grow. They begin to germinate. But you have to study for yourself. Learn the word of God for yourself. Plant this seed within the letters of those words as seeds for your life, as instruction. Perhaps there is a, a situation you are going through. Study the word of God. The word of God is active. In other words, it's powerful. That is where we get the word energy. is dynamic. It's able to break every barrier. Any situation you are going through, the word of God is so powerful and quick. It's able to break and break asunder. Every challenge, it may even be a habit. You know, you watch a movie and you get motivated. You read a novel, oh, and the, movie, the novel excites you. Oh, you watch a documentary and you are, you are hyped up. But it is only the word of God that is able to transform. 
Hallelujah. Newspaper documentary cannot change a man. It takes the word of God to transform. It takes the word of God to change. It takes the word of God to correct. At times it will correct you. At times it will instruct you. At times it will challenge you. At times it will prone you. The word of God is complete. At times it will come with rebuke. At times the word of God comes into your heart and you feel guilty because that is that part of purifying. That is that part of pruning to make you better as a better Christian. The word of God is sharp. There are some medical equipments that, oh, you have x-rays, but they still miss some part of diagnosis. But the word of God is sharp. It can pierce through anything. It can cut through anything. It can cut through any barrier. It can pierce through anything. And the Bible says it can discern. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. We're going to be praying uh, this, this, this morning. Um, there's so much for us to grow. There's so much that God wants to do through us. There's so much that God wants to do in our life. But he wants us to engage with it. Christ has set us in motion, but he wants us to engage with this process. He wants us to engage with this process. This is not time to be, be, be lazy. This is not time to, 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 to be lousy about our Christian faith, but this is time to engage with the process. This is time for us to say, you know what? Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done, but I want to grow more. He's, he told them, he said, go and make disciples. He doesn't want us to just be baby Christians, being driven by emotions, being driven by sentiment, but he wants us to be adults who feed on solid food, who are able to not just mentor ourselves, but we are able to mentor others. We are able to grow others. We are able to see the vision of what God is doing and engage with it. So that when we go out there, there may be a job or no job. Uh, there may be money or no money. But thank God because we trust the one that is able to provide. We thank the one who holds the cattle in a thousand hills. And that growth process makes us more happy. It makes us live in peace. Even in a world that is peaceless. It makes us live in harmony even in a world that is full of disharmony and I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus kindly join me even as we pray age is automatic we all grow but growth is intentional you have to be intentional about your growth let your outlook be about growth everything you do you sang yesterday fantastic you can do it better Father, we thank you. Why not just pray to God this afternoon? We thank you, Jesus. A lot of words have been said, but Lord, I know there is a word for everyone. There is a word for everyone about growth. We are all in different seasons of our lives, but we know, oh God, that you have a good plan for our life. We know that the plan that you have for us, there are plans of good and not of evil. We know, oh God, that you are able to bring us to this perfect end. We know, oh God, that you want us to be in motion. Always doing that you want us to do. We pray that you help us to grow in faith. We pray that you help us to grow in godliness. You help us to grow in self-control. You help us to grow in perseverance. Always standing firm no matter what we are going through. Always enduring. Because we know that in the process of enduring, in the process of self-control, in the process of loving, you are pruning us, you are purifying us, you are making us better people, better Christians. In the name of Jesus, we will not live in fear, we will not live in identity crisis, but we always live, oh God, in the full assurance of who we are and what Christ has done for us. In the name of Jesus, blessed be your name, oh God. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray.
Amen. You know, I saw this joke um, during the week. I think Pastor Mrs. We had a, a conversation about it. So it's the last line on that slide. Um, seven days without God's word makes one week. Amen. Anyone get that? God bless us in Jesus' name.